Welcome to In The Money, the premier hockey betting podcast. This is JD, and I'm going to run you through our NHL picks for the day. I did, who knew I was kind of the guy to get three on the text if you're trying to get high. Cop chase ain't once, but some on the side. Roll up like one, three blunts for the ride. Never dolo, kid, no stress, always got one. Pre-team married now, I see the shot. Looking for the kid, block out, so I'm not one. Fresh out of class with a dash from the cop. Front with a smile on the lumbar, all achy. Yes, she knew I was a legend in the making. Stuck around cause the boy lit and he cake. Small town, big head, Ricky gon' make it. They say I'm gonna get caught. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The information and opinions are derived from individuals and are not to be taken as a guarantee. We here at In The Money provide you with content, not a guarantee of performance. We are not liable for any bets or action you take as a result of this podcast. All right, and we're back. Welcome back to In The Money. We took a break over here during COVID. Well, a break from podcasting, that is. We didn't think the world needed another voice during that time, and we had nothing constructive to add. However, hockey is back, and that means betting on hockey is back, which means In The Money is back. And over this break, we weren't just sitting idly by, twiddling our thumbs, sitting on our hands. No, sir. We've developed an Excel model for hockey matchups. We can look at two different teams and break down a whole host of things. I'll make sure to walk you through the model in detail for each of the specific playoff matchups that we're going to do. Okay, before we do all that, we're going to go ahead and jump into a few specific themes that we're going to see during the playoffs that we might want to bet on early and late and capitalize on. So if you've already heard that in one of our other previews, you can go ahead and skip to five minutes from now. And we'll go ahead and jump into that specific playoff matchup. But without further ado, here are some of the themes we think you're going to be able to see at the start of the playoffs. Okay, first things first, we're going to see some sloppy play when, when these teams come back. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. It, it always happens in the beginning of the season. We see it, lots of rust, lots of sloppy play, getting to know your teammates, getting to play with your teammates again if you haven't played with them in a while. It, it, you know, these teams shake off the rust, and we almost always, I mean, every year we see high-scoring games in the beginning of the year that then throughout the year as the teams get get more familiar, as they tighten up a little bit, that you know, you see more of that defensive hockey. Um, and obviously playoffs usually comes right at the end of a long year where these teams have played a lot of games together. Right now, they haven't played a lot of games together in a while. They're going to be coming back. I don't see how this is any different than a start to a new season. So I think you're going to see a lot of high-scoring games, especially in the qualifiers, especially in games where we see a lot of big stars. Because the big stars, I think that a lot of them are going to feel they need to take games over. I could see a lot of guys like McDavid, Dreisaitl, Panarin, um, you know, any of these big-name guys could have huge nights, huge nights. You know, just think of one, Crosby, Ovechkin, it doesn't matter. Some of these guys could have huge nights in these playoffs because they feel like they need to take the game over and because they're fresh. A lot of these guys, they never come into the playoffs fresh. They, ne- I mean, even think like guys like Dano Chara or Shea Weber. These guys usually have played 30 minutes a game for the entire season. They come into the playoffs worn out. Now they're coming in as fresh as they've ever been. 
this is this is unheard of. It's unprecedented. Stars, I think, are going to have some big games. Those are the guys to really watch out for. If you want to take some props on guys scoring goals, if you want to take some props on guys getting, you know, a couple points in a night, th- those are the guys I-, I like. You know, McDavid, uh, Shea Weber, you know, big name stars, even Taves and Kane. Big name stars, the, the the guys on every team that you first think of, those are the guys who are going to have the big games. So if you like those prop bets, that's where I would go with that. Kind of related to that, why I think we're going to see some big stars have some big nights and sloppy play and lots of rust leading to overs is because there's no such thing as a hot goalie right now. This is the first time we've ever come into the playoffs People are fresh, no hot goalies. You know, people are coming in a little bit sloppy, a little bit having a lot of these guys weren't skating a lot during COVID because you didn't have access to rinks and stuff like that. So it's going to be really interesting. And, and I think that with the goalie situation, because there's no hot goalies, I think you have to lean towards experience and how they played earlier this year. So, you know, Guys who have experience like Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury, I think they're going to play well as long as the guys in front of them play well. And I think a guy like Markstrom, even though he doesn't have that experience, you know, Markstrom is a guy who played really, really well this year. And at times he looked like an elite goaltender that could carry a team. If he can pick that form back up, that would be fantastic. Um, and, and so I'm going to try to weight that heavily, what they did this year and uh, their experience and how they've done in big games in the past. I think all of that is going to matter super significantly this year uh, for goalies because you're going to need somebody who can get right into their game. And I think the guys who are playing the best are the guys who are going to be able to get the most locked in. But we shall see. All right. All that. All that. What does that add up to? What, what are we talking about here? We like overs. Okay. We, we like stars to score. Okay. The goalies are probably not going to be at their best to start. Okay. What does all that really mean? What all that really means is let's not lay money on any big favorites to start. 2020 has been a wild year, just a wild year in general. Underdogs are going to be fresh. They're going to be pesky. I don't want to lay any type of money on heavy favorites, big favorites. I want some underdogs. I don't know that I want Montreal Canadiens underdogs, but I want somebody, some underdogs, especially in the qualifier, but then also in the first round of the actual playoffs. When you get to that one versus eight matchup, if there's a one versus nine and the nine played really well, don't hesitate to pull the trigger on that nine because it really matters. I want to see how these teams do in the qualifiers. As long as they're a credible team, you know, I'm kind of taking Montreal out of it. I'm kind of taking Chicago out of it. Nashville's on the ropes for me just because they didn't impress me at all this year. The Coyotes are kind of on the ropes for me. Outside of that, those those teams really, I'm all in on all these other teams. Any of these teams can make some noise. That's Columbus. That's New York. That's Carolina. I mean, that New York-Carolina series is going to be crazy to start. So let's go with the people who have some value. Let's go with the underdogs. Let's not lay any big money. And finally, people... Let's get fucking pumped because hockey is back. Versus Chicago matchup. This is the matchup of the five in Edmonton versus the 12 in Chicago. Obviously, all the games are going to be happening in Edmonton in the bubble in the Western Conference. The season series here was 2-1 for Chicago in a little bit of an upset. But all of the games, and I stress this, you know, all of the games were really, really close. All of the games were a bounce this way, a bounce that way. They could have gone differently. So it's one of those series that I think is going to be just really tight till the end. And um, even if it's a three-game series one way or another, I think the games will be tight. Um, I'm not sure how many games it'll go, but I, I think it'll be a tight, 
a tight series in terms of the play within the games. Um, you know, I'm not sure if this one's going to be so high scoring. The games weren't too high scoring between these two teams during the year. Um, there's a ton of offensive firepower on both teams. And both teams kind of have a huge question mark in net right now, especially with we're just not sure about the health of Corey Crawford at the moment. Um, which kind of leads me to ask, how bad does Chicago wish they still had Robin Leonard right now? Um, we'll go ahead and we'll plug that in on our model later to show you. But, you know, the Oilers also have goaltending questions. Smith and Koskinen, I was thinking it might be Smith going into the playoffs just because of his previous history and experience. But it looks like it's going to be Koskinen based on the way Edmonton set it up last night with Koskinen playing the first game. Although, you know, in a short five-game series, one guy has a bad game, you have to pull him immediately. So I think they're going to use both. So we'll, we'll throw a little, a few model combinations out there so you can see it. Um, but let's go ahead and let's dive into Chicago. Let's take a little quick deeper dive. For those of you that are longer-time listeners here with us, you'll know how much I just appreciate Jonathan Taves and, and the game he plays. And one of the things I've consistently said about Jonathan Taves is his transition game is still the best in the league. His ability to turn a breakout into an offensive scoring chance is one of the more underappreciated, overlooked skills in today's game, and he's a master of it. He's a master of taking puck from defense to offense and setting his linemates up or getting himself a scoring chance. Um, and that's going to be a really important skill against this Edmonton team because you're going to need to break quick against them. Uh, Dave Tippett has actually set them up pretty well to absorb some pressure when they're in their own zone. And their defense is pretty good in front of the net. Um, they block a lot of shots too. Chris Russell is a guy like that. Um, Darnell Nurse is fearless. So I, I actually like the way Edmonton this year has set up in their defensive zone. Like, And their improvement from you know this year versus previous years in their defensive zone is night and day. Um and it's kind of what has helped this team become more successful is the system of Dave Tippett. So um, I, I think that Chicago is going to do its best on the rush. Uh, and then that's where I'd be looking to, to a guy like Taves. May his skill set matches up well in this matchup. Um, and you're going to need offense from Taves because you know you're going to get offense from McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um the other question I have is, is how do Patty Kane and Taves feel about McDavid and Tricidal? Do they think that, oh, these young punks might be good, but they've never done this before. This is our shit. Does it matter? Is there enough time to make me think that they won't get throttled? Honest answer, there's four guys in this series who could be the difference makers, who could literally carry a team, and there's two on each squad. Neither team has an answer for who they like in goal, and neither team has strong depth, really, on either side of the puck, offense or defense. So, you know, all in all, it really comes down to the star players in this series, and I think it's going to be a really fun series to watch. Um, but don't overlook this feeling from Taves and Kane of, you know, look at these young guys here. This is cute, but, you know, our thing is we win in playoff series, and that is what they do. They are really good in playoff series, and it's completely different. A series is completely different than playing one game in the NHL or playing a regular season in the NHL. Um, and so Chicago might feel like they could get real dangerous. Um, speaking of dangerous, Patrick Kane has his most points per game against the Oilers. When you when you only look at teams where he's played a 40-plus a, a games, which is basically all the Western Conference teams because he doesn't play the East as much, obviously. So if you take out some of those, you know, uh, Toronto and 
Buffalo teams that are up there, but he's only played under 20 games against them. When you take a look at the teams, he's, he has a huge sample size against, 40-plus games. I mean, he's at like a 1.4 points per game against Edmonton almost, and that's that's above pretty much everybody else in the Western Conference. Um, and he's so he's always dominated the Oilers. Uh, this season was no different. The games he had against Edmonton were tremendous. Like you could see, he was a huge difference maker in those games. Even if you just go back and watch highlights, you don't even have to watch full games to see what a difference maker he is because he always is going to show up in the highlights. But to me, he he is a guy who you know he can really carry a team across the finish line. He's done it before. He's carried this Chicago team, you know, and with Taves there and with Keith there, they still have the shell of some some good players. Brandon Saad as well. Um, and to bring Kid, he'll have his first chance of the playoffs. So they they have they have some players to be dangerous, and uh, it starts and ends with Patrick Kane for me. He could have a series that could really take out Edmonton, especially because it's a short series, and the short series is a completely different um, beast that you have to navigate. There's no switch in terms of home and away. I mean, there is, but there isn't a switch in venue, so you don't get that breath to come home or go to the road um, and then like, get a change of scenery. So if, if you lose that first game, I think you're going to be in real trouble. I think it's going to be a race to see who wins the first game. And from there, I, I don't think that it's it's going to be very easy to come back from that. So Edmonton really has to focus on shutting down Patrick Kane. Edmonton has to focus on winning game one because you don't want to let Chicago get any kind of confidence because you know they're going to be coming in with a ton of confidence saying, we can do this. We've done this before. Let's shock the world. Let's be a 12 seed and win the whole goddamn thing. Um, I wouldn't put it past them to – I would put it past them to win the whole thing, but I wouldn't put it past them to win a series or two. Uh, Chicago just because maybe they do turn back the clock they've had a lot of rest I mean that's one of the things that you have to factor in here for a lot of these veteran players is how much rest they've had and how charged up a lot of these guys with older legs are going to be you know I think of Char Char right away a guy who plays 30 minutes per game in the regular season maybe a guy like Shea Weber although I think it's going to be more in, inconsequential on the Montreal Canadiens you know, but a guy like Chara who plays 30 minutes a game who plays you know every day who's played every day for 40 years coming into basically a new season he gets to rest his legs he gets to be fresh he gets to try to win one while he's at his best so that's going to be really something you got to watch out for and since these veteran players like Taves and Kane get their rest like maybe they come out on fire and it only takes three good games remember that it only takes three good games all you have to do is have a three game winning streak and you're into the play you're into the actual playoffs you're past the qualifiers so if I'm Edmonton, you know, I see a lot of people going around and, I, and a lot of public predictors, just everybody on Edmonton. And I am I would be on Edmonton as well, but I'm not on Edmonton for uh, for that much of them being a favorite. I think it's actually going to be a very close series. All right. So, again, a lot of people aren't giving Edmonton their due. Um, let's break it down. I mean, Edmonton has had a really good season. But a lot of people also probably can easily remember the bad taste in their mouth that they would have from watching this Edmonton team in the past. And in the past, it it, it hasn't looked good. But that's if you've only seen them once or twice this year, you can't take 
what you saw from previous years with this Edmonton team because this Edmonton team plays completely different under Dave Tibbet, and I think they're much, much better. I think they're much improved. And the question for Edmonton is really going to be, it, it's going to be two main things for me. Um, it's going to be in goal because it starts and ends with how good their goaltending is. Koskinen has not looked up to the K, to this, not looked up to snuff this season. Um, he definitely just doesn't look like a starter to me. But again, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest goaltending guru you've ever heard of or ever seen. So you can take that with a grain of salt. It's like the one position I don't understand as much about. To be completely honest with you, never played it, never never got coached in it, never coached in it myself. So I don't I don't know it. But um, Mike Smith has been around obviously a long time, um, and he he did not have such a good playoffs with the Flames last year. So. I don't know where, where you turn in Edmonton right now. I think they're turning to Koskinen, and that's what we'll start with the modeling, but it's it'll be interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see these two guys and if one of them can take the reins. And then the second factor for me, for Edmonton, and I think this is their biggest X factor in the series, I think it's James Neal. Um, you know, James Neal is a guy who's who's been here before in the playoffs, but who has a long history of scoring a lot of goals, had a really bad year for the Flames last year, and looked rejuvenated, honestly, playing with Connor McDavid and Edmonton this year. Um, even when he's not on Connor McDavid's line, it just looks like the energy from Connor McDavid and the leadership has like taken a hold of James Neal, and he's ready to play, he's ready to go, and when he's a physical presence and he's scoring goals, he's a real nightmare to play against, and he's the perfect playoff-type player. He's another guy who could have a really hot series and help... Um, and really help the Edmonton Warriors advance. But even more so, I'm more interested in James Neal because James Neal's the type type of player that could have this Edmonton team get really hot and go on a run. If he has the same month that he had this the first half the first part of the season, Edmonton looked unbeatable when they had, they were getting that secondary scoring. Yamamoto scored last night, which is huge for them. If Kyrie Yamamoto and James Neal are scoring for Edmonton, pretty much watch out. Pretty much, you're not gonna be able to stop them because McDavid is gonna score, Drysaddle is gonna score. If they can get that secondary score, Nugent Hopkins is gonna make plays. He's gonna get on the score sheet himself. So if if you can't stop Neil, if you can't stop Yamamoto, and they can go five or six deep with some of the goals they're getting, and maybe a couple guys like Cassian step up on the back on the backside for this team, it it could be very dangerous. You know, a guy like Jujar Kara plays a lot of minutes, plays a lot of hard minutes. You know, if he could have a couple big moments, these are the type of guys you need that Edmonton's going to need. I, I already question their depth, and I still do question their depth. I'm not a huge Cheyenne guy. I'm not really a fan of a lot of their forwards, to be honest with you, on the on the bottom six. And, and they do need to do a better job surrounding McDavid and Dreisaitl with talent. But the system that Dave Tippett has brought in has made a huge difference. Let's switch over quickly back to uh, Chicago. I mentioned an X factor for them that we didn't mention yet, and that's Andrew Shaw. That's a playoff type guy. That's a guy who could make some noise in the playoffs. He's done it in the past. I think he could be helpful to this team. Let's switch back to the Oilers. Sorry, that was a scramble brain moment. I hadn't addressed an X factor, but Andrew Shaw it speaks for himself. Let's move back to the Oilers. Um, I wonder if the Oilers are going to be... Uh, playing for something extra special, keeping in mind the tragedy of Colby Cave. You know, they honored him last night. They honored him in a scrimmage. Um, I just wonder if there's if there's something extra going for this team for for Colby Cave's memory. Um, and does McDavid need anything extra? No. But apparently he's come out charged up. Um, apparently he was all, all whirled in the scrimmages. 
Um, I saw part of one, but I didn't see the first one where apparently he just lit everybody up. And then last night, uh, two goals, easy, easy money for Connor McDavid. Um, he's gonna have he's gonna have a big series, I think, no matter what. And I think that's why everyone's taking Edmonton, and I can't disagree with people on that. But again, just one more note to note. Chicago won the series and way outshot Edmonton in the regular season, 107 to 83. All of this, and they registered a zero. Chicago registered a zero percent on the power play compared to Edmonton's 42.9. That should change, but Edmonton is deadly on the power play with a charged up Connor McDavid in a small series. I could easily see them hitting 40 percent again. So, since that is the case, since I think they could hit 40 percent again in this series, even maybe go higher. Chicago needs to change that 0% number on the power play. Um, I think they will, and that to me is something that's concerning about laying money, too much money on Edmonton, is because Chicago outplayed them pretty much 5-on-5, didn't outplay them on the special teams, and it was still pretty much just an even thing. If Chicago can play better on the specialty teams, Maybe there's a chance here. You know what? Forget all that. At the end of the day, let's just stick to our one sure rule here, and that's let's not get in the habit of getting betting against McDavid. First of all, I hate doing it because he's so amazing, and when he does something amazing, I want to get out of my seat and be like, oh, fuck yeah, Connor McDavid's the man, and I want to be able to root for it. But more importantly, all the reports are coming out about how unreal he looks, and I mean, last night he's skating like the fucking wind. But I can't get behind laying 180 on Edmonton in this series. Um, I like the Blackhawks at around plus 180, plus 200, and I'm only seeing plus 140, and that's not terrible value. But I need more to bet on, bet against McDavid, especially when he's the favorite. Um, but again, I said this before with James, during the James Neal part. If Edmonton can get past Chicago. This is one team I'm circling for the next round. If they look good, which they did in their exhibition last night, and if they can get by Chi-Town, then I think there's a reasonable chance they could win a round or two, and I think they could go to the Cup. I think they're good enough to go to the Cup this year. The question is really goaltending. And so it's what I'll be looking for in this first round. If Koskinen or Smith can get hot, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start laying some heavy money on Edmonton. All right, let's quickly jump to the model. Let's break it down and let's look at it. So I, you're going to see here that I'm going to start with the backup for Miko Koskinen because I had him as the backup going in, not the starter, but it seems that he's going to be a starter. So we'll start with him versus Corey Crawford. And as you can see for the Oilers, they have a 3.3 expect, 3.27 expected goals against, whereas Chicago has 3.72. Chicago is averaging 32 shots in a series. Edmonton's averaging 32.4, about a half a shot different here. Um, and I think that's how it will play in this series. Uh, I think it's going to be very close. I don't think one team's going to outshoot the other, despite what Chicago did in the regular season. Um, Chicago is actually, of course, a positive team, whereas Edmonton is not. So that's, that's something to also watch. But for me, this is just this is just kind of how it sets up. Edmonton favored by half a goal in the game, and I, I think that's what it's going to be. So if you want to take that Edmonton puck line in some of those in some of these games, I kind of like that. Um, it's 
it's going to be determined, I think, on whether or not they bank in an empty netter. And I like their chances to bank in empty netters with Connor McDavid trying to fly in and score. So um, I, I like Edmonton here. The total is high for these teams, even though it didn't play that way. So that makes me lean to think that there's going to be some overs. The Oilers scored five goals last night. They only gave up one, but they scored five. Um, and the Flames did not look great. So we'll see how Chicago looks when they get their exhibition. But I'm, I I probably would tend to lean to the over here. I certainly wouldn't want to bet the under with all the talent that's going to be on display. All right, let's do one more thing for the model. Let's switch it to Smith for Edmonton. And let's also switch it here to see what it would be for Chicago if they had kept Robin Leonard. And honestly, what you'll see is a, a better goals against from the Oilers if they play Smith, but not enough to make a difference and me say they're making a mistake or not. And for Chicago, you can see, again, just a little bit better than Corey Crawford. So Corey Crawford might have started anyway, but especially with his health in question, you can see that having a backup who's just as good would have been a huge plus for Chicago. Um yeah, Chicago. I I just don't know about their depth going through going through the playoffs. So I don't I don't see it happening for Chicago this year, unfortunately. But I would I would tend to lean toward the Oilers. But I just don't see value here at minus one eighty on the Oilers for a series. Again, if you wanted to do the puck line, it, I I really think it comes down to I think Edmonton's going to win game one. I think it comes down to uh, if they score an empty netter. I think it's going to be a close game. Well, all right, that'll do it for this podcast. We'll go ahead and we'll post all our scenarios with our model on our Twitter page. So at In The Money BTS, look out for that. And if you have any questions, hit us up. Let's go make some money.